welcome to the Maddest Touches. I'm your host, Chris Tusa, and this is Charlie Bradford. To another episode of the Midas Touches. I can barely contain my excitement, ladies and gentlemen. It is Guinea's week. Charlie, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks, Tress. Thank you. Um, yes, very, very exciting. Guinea's week is upon us. Uh, this is my favorite weekend of the year uh always look forward to this one uh not just for the racing but it's also a very fun weekend as well uh, i'm sure we're gonna have a laugh again for the what is this the, the seventh year we've been or something like that yeah i think so i think first went to the guineas actually it was probably probably like 2017 it's actually quite late but i guess we used to be at, at school during yeah during school so we couldn't couldn't get off sometimes it was like tuesday wednesday back in the day and uh, yeah, I think we've gone every single year since, apart from COVID, and I am absolutely pumped to be back there. Um, you've already been to Newmarket this year with a trip to the Craven meeting. Any tips for punters coming out of that one? Did you have a good time? Uh, well, it reminded me how tricky it is to bet on the Royal Mile course. Uh, certainly from my perspective anyway, I'm sure some people enjoy it, but uh I've had my my difficult times uh, in the past on the on the Rolly Mile course, but uh, I've come here with a renewed confidence. I think we've we've got a different way of looking at horses that's going to stand us in really good stead for this weekend. So I can only be excited about what's to come. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very very exciting weekend we have ahead of us. I think we tried to look at the racing collaboratively, which tends to put us in good stead. Um, We've also had the Punchestown Festival, which is, you know, a difficult weekend and a difficult week in terms of punting. Mm-hmm. It seems to go on and on when actually, like, we're just more focused on the flat racing now. Um, but L- Lossie's Mouth won again, looked pretty convincing. Galapin des was beaten mm-hmm. by Fast or Slow, which is a massive form boost for the Grand National winner. Yeah, and of course, a big story coming out of that is that Brave Man's Game was able to run uh, in that race uh, against Galapandis Sham. Obviously, neither of them ended up winning, but um, ownership of Brave Man's Game was passed over um, so that John Dance no longer owned a share in the horse, which meant that uh, the horse was able to run over in Ireland. But yeah, my focus wasn't perhaps necessarily on um, the Punch Tub Festival, though did keep an eye on the big headlines. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, a great week's racing, it always is. But I think our attention is more focused on the flat season now. Uh, Epicetus was another winner for your horses to follow for this year. Some close form ties with um august rodan uh, and also a couple of others in the field who will come mm. to a bit later on um it's it's been a, a great start to the flat season we also saw bay bridge beaten um one of sir michael stouts and you know a leading light of the one mile two furlong division beaten on, on debut anything to take away from that um not necessarily i don't think um probably bigger targets ahead interesting that he went out to 
to France for that first run. Um, but who who won that race in the end? I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. It was it was it was, it was a, not Vedeni basically no. either. So anyway, the the eventual winner, I can't remember who it was. So I didn't really have much comment. Yeah, <laughs> but no, Bay Baybridge will still be there or thereabouts in that division this year. Yeah, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule him out based think, on that run. I am excited, Epicetus. I am excited about though, but I'd be interested. Maybe he he's goes a bit over to France. Sluggish, isn't he? He might go over to France though. Yeah, like Mishrift did. Yeah, you know, a, a I could, I ago. could, I could see Gosden sending him over to France, which I think is a shame because he was actually the horse I put up for the Derby. But he didn't rule out the Derby. But um, I think he was also mentioning the the pre jockey club quite fav- the French equivalent quite favorably. So may well end up going that route, but we'll see. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a bit of a lottery at this kind of stage of the season, trying to predict which guineas uh which derby these horses are going to go to i think the the biggest story when it comes to that kind of rhetoric is of tahira who as it stands is is gonna line up i think we had confirmation from dermot weld that she is confirmed to run on sunday in the 1000 guineas which is exciting for many people none more so than our own Will Hurd, who joined us for our flat season preview. He was absolutely buzzing Mm. wherever she ran. I think the quote was that he was going to rob his granny the (laughs) night before she ran. So uh, Saturday night, uh, Will's meant to be staying with me in Newmarket, but I think he actually may have to pay a trip to his granny instead. So um, yeah. Uh, Tahira is going to be running there. You excited? Yeah, really excited, and, and actually quite surprised that Dermot Well did end up um, sending her here. I think his previous track record has suggested that he p- probably wouldn't have gone here, uh, and, and the Irish version was was far more likely. But great to see her turn up here. Yeah, I'm excited about Will's excitement for this horse, um, and, and he's a good judge, and and he is really really excited about this horse. We did watch her Moigler win back. Uh, and it was mightily impressive. I mean, we like meditate as a horse as well. Um, and those two drew well clear of the rest of the field. And bearing in mind that was Tira's second run, I'm sure we'll get on to it more. But um, that was hugely impressive. So, yeah, she, she's got to be of interest for the 1,000. But as I said, we'll get on to that probably later in the show. Yeah, we will Thank indeed. You. We're going to start our preview for, for this racing. We're just going to take you through the big pattern races and we'll start with the Bet365 mile on the Friday, where another one of your horses to follow. How have you got so many? Yeah, I was kind of—I <laughs> was about to mention this because it feels like uh, it sounds as though I've just basically suggested all the good horses in England. But I promise they've just sort of been but running. But we, we were only allowed two. Yeah, so, so sorry. I've can't, and when August I've said, Rodan was also one of those. No, when I've said horses to follow... Um, August Rodan and Laurel, my two horses. Ah, to follow. okay, okay, okay. But Nature Trail was like my older horse. Uh, so la- we we still owe someone champagne. We owe Charlie Seddon a bottle of champagne for Laurel. So we'll, we'll, let's let's get that in. We'll sort that out. Yeah, uh, that's on me. Um, but Nature Trail was my my one of my older horses to follow. I thought it was so interesting that he stays in training. Um, and obviously he's a warm favourite for for this race, the Bet Three Six Five Mile. Um. I can hardly desert him on seasonal reappearance. Uh, five to four is pretty skinny, 
but um, he is a course and distance winner. Was a well for all the reasons I said in the in the flat season preview. Um, he was a fantastic juvenile. Didn't disgrace himself last year. Very interesting. They they've kept him in training, and though he will have bigger targets later down the line, I think he could be the leading light in this mile division this year. So, so uh, a race of this standard really should be should be his for the taking as he goes on to, to bigger things later down the line. Yeah, Native Trail really had the world at his feet at the end of his two-year-old career. Uh, some interesting horses, you know, uh, Light Infantry uh, has, has, has run there or thereabouts in those big races um, last year. That, that second behind Tenebris in, at Dover was, was impressive, but... Yeah, I think Native Trail is going to take mm. the world of beating here. Charlie Appleby was uh, pretty bullish, actually, on Native Trail. I think the original plan was to go to Ascot this week for the Paradise Stakes. Ended up avoiding that in, in favour of this race. Mm. Uh, Native Trail's won at the track before, clearly. And, um, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I think he definitely should win. I think, actually, my personal opinion, the best of the rest would be Muta Saarbeck here. Um, may not boast the form of, of a light infantry, for example, and certainly not a native trail, but I do think uh, his rolly mile form is something to um, to take note of. He, he's won three times at the course in, in just four runs. And, of course, he went off only 6-1 to one for, the, for the 2,000 guineas um, two years ago. So... You know, he he was a touted horse. I mean, he will be carrying a three-pound penalty here. And and I think Native Trail should win this race. But no, Mutsabek would be my best of the rest. Though it's a small yeah. field, of course. Yeah, it's difficult. Though. I mean, I think earlier when I looked at it, I thought that that Joel Stakes form didn't look great for Mutabasek after Tempest came out today, finishing last of the five Aska, I guess. Um, difficult on reappearance. But, uh, it, you know, it really does look as if this is a good opportunity for Native Trail to get back on track get back to winning ways and hopefully is going to be a leading light in that one mile division this year um that's the only race we're going to be previewing on the friday so let's head over to the saturday which will be uh, yeah i i just hope i wake up on the saturday morning to be honest like we've got a few friends coming to mine on friday night uh, hopefully native trail runs in that would lift the spirits a bit get the barbecue out for the first time we've got 10 of us around the dinner table yeah hopefully you don't get too carried away nah, and uh you, you, you never do though you always bounce back um on guinea's morning we've definitely woken up in some bad states but just remembered what day it was and been like okay we go we yeah, get, we get up, we go. Yeah, there've definitely been some some kind of sweaty moments from our friends sitting on the sofa <laughs> having their breakfast, struggling to get through the bacon and eggs <laughs> that my parents very kindly served them. Yeah. Um, but it's really each their own on the Guineas weekend. To be honest, mm. it's a real it it it, it often uh, falls in line with the bank holiday as well, which just adds to the fun. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we we could actually for the Sunday before we preview the Sunday, we could recount a story uh, that I have that because that, quite funny for listeners but let's see yeah let's let's see how we get on with the the preview we're going to be touching two races on the saturday the palace house stakes which is the big sprint and the big one of the weekend i guess unless you're american uh the 2000 guineas let's start though with the palace house stakes currently manikan is the favorite four to one twilight calls fours live in the dream eights Rasel tens Far Dream 12s, Chipstead 14s alongside Equality, Equilateral 14s as well. 
Corker, Arecibo, 16, Silky Wilkie, the same. Uh, let's leave the market there for now. Really interesting field. Always a different, difficult punting race with lots of sprinters making their debut. Course mm. form is quite important. How do you analyse this race? And who do you think has the best chance? Yeah, it's a notoriously difficult race, this one. I actually do remember um, a few years back we were there... Uh, we we line one up for this race. Uh, a horse called Havana Gold uh, was it Havana, Havana, no, Havana, Havana Gray? Sorry, Havana Gray, uh, Havana Gold, very different horse. But um, yeah, we li- we lined this one up. I remember a run at the Craven meeting, and then we sort of plotted out the trip uh, here for the for the for the Palace House. Um, and it went off at eleven to eight in the end. Well, yeah, well, because we backed him at four to one, went off eleven to eight, didn't end up winning this Max race. Cross. Mabs cross one and I was just I just could not understand where we'd gone wrong I think you quit punting after that <laughs> I genuinely <laughs> might have I, I, I it sticks it sticks in my memory and I just can't get over it but anyway sorry we, we'll move on for that um yeah I mean this this to be fair this does the market often gets this race close enough though favorites you know haven't always been winning um the top three in the market um have have won this race or one of the top three in the market have won this race for the last five years i think it is um i think twilight calls has probably got the best form um that that second in the king's stand um is obviously notable but behind uh nature strip the the australian horse um uh, he is also a course and distance um winner and was obviously, in fact, a close fifth as well uh, in the race last year when he was sent off three to one favourite. Um, so I, th- I think he's got good, good credentials. Uh, he also goes well fresh, having one on reappearance on his last two. Um, I think soft ground would be a negative, but at this point, what is good to firm now? We don't yeah. quite know what the forecast is. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a sunny day today. I think there's a bit of rain forecast towards the end of the week, but I don't think it's going to take it anywhere through good ground. Mm. Um, I think I, I agree to you. I agree with you largely. Um, Ryan Moore's absolutely flying at the moment as well. He's, I think, running at, striking at 40%. Uh, eight wins from his last 20 which is actually just crazy but if there's one jockey that's going to do it it is Ryan Moore he gets all the best rides and I think big plus no offence to David Probert but a big plus for Twilight Calls having Ryan Moore on board Um, I think Twilight Calls would be my pick as well Mm -hmm. but um, you know I think there's a couple of outside odds the likes of Equilateral Charles Hills has had a good start to the season same colours as Royal, Royal Scotsman, who they'll be hoping will carry them to glory in the 2000 guineas in the race after. Um, and then I guess the other one, Arecibo, has won at the course before. Jamie Spencer on board would be a negative, but um, has finished tw- uh, second the last two times to live in the dream, who is at eight to one. So purely on a kind of discre- discrepancy basis. Yeah. Uh, and, and with having that, that course form, um, the Robert Cowell runner would be of interest, but I do think Twilight Calls is the most likely winner here. Yes, yeah, the older horses are interesting. Um, I agree with Equilateral, but I just, I don't know, like there are a few younger ones in this field, Twilight Calls included, that probably have a bit of a like sexier profile. Um, yeah. 
yeah mate it's, it's a notoriously difficult race so um let's see what happens let's move on then to the big one of the weekend arguably the big one of the year given that we're such new market maxis uh <laughs> the 2000 guineas sponsored by kipco uh, august rodan is the favorite smashed up 13 to 8 now best price uh, we were tipping him at three to one in our preview. Uh, Little Big Bear is eleven to two. Chaldine, who barely managed to get out of, the, well, didn't even get let his jockey out the stalls last time uh, in the Greenham Stakes, thirteen to two. Royal Scotsman eights alongside Sakir. Roger Varian's now had a winner, which is good news. <laughs> uh, Silver Knot twelves, Noble Style twenties, Holloway Boy twenty fives alongside the Craven winner, Indestructible. Dubai Miles, an interesting runner mm. at, at 33 to 1. Flight plan, I know Will Hurd said, was one of Carl Burke's best two year olds at 50s. Charon, 60s. Cairo, 100. Gal Iran is 100s. And High Royal brings up the rear. Uh, I mean, there's been so much chat about August Rodan. Hey, I know, I know, I know. And, and to be fair, for those of you who, who listened to our um, flat season preview, you may well have taken the the nicer prices. Um, we did advise around three to one. I remember I told you at around five to one that I thought he was he was the biggest each way bet that I'd ever seen. Yeah. Um, Thirteen to eight is now looking a bit skinny, and look, I'll probably just sit here being a bit smug, saying, "Yeah, I tipped him at three to one," and sort of you know let's see what happens i'm not going to be backing him or advising to back him at, at 13 to 8 now um but i do expect him to win yeah so instead let's have or what i'm gonna do is have a little look at um at, at the places and see if you know we can try and get one to run into a place um for that i quite like the 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 profile of indestructible um i mean ammo racing have obviously been flying early season they've clearly instructed their trainers to get horses ready first time out uh and they've been duly obliging indestructible was one of those he won the craven uh, well beating uh the foxes into second um and yeah the craven's proven like a pretty decent form line for the guineas in recent years uh, craven winners don't then go and win the guineas uh the last time that happened was in was in 2004 but they do go on and, and run well. Obviously, Native Trail um, was the guinea. It was the Craven winner last year, who came second in the in the English Guineas and then went on to win the Irish Guineas. Um, so yeah, they they they've got a good enough record going from the Craven to here. Um, and I, I just think Indestructible looks like a pretty solid profile. He's also got some some good juvenile form uh, ties with with Chaldean. Um, who's obviously a fair bit shorter than the 25 to 1 you can get about Indestructible at the moment. Um, so I think I'd be taking him probably at, at, at the prices just to run into a place. I don't expect him to win. I do expect August Rodan to win. But I like I like Indestructible at 25 to 1. Um, and yeah, I might let you... I don't know if... I actually don't know who you're going to tip. So, so I'll let you speak now and see what yeah i mean i wouldn't be bad at, i wouldn't be backing august rodan at, at this shorter price i no. think like you've got to be really bullish to get stuck in 
to August Rodan at 13 to 8. And I'd rather try and get him beat and, and make some place money. Silver Knot was one that I fancied in our preview. We thought was going to go to the French Guineas, but turns up here and Will Buick takes the ride, which is always uh, a, a positive. Charlie Appleby had the one too last year. He has, however, said this year that they really do have the two O'Brien ones to 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 beat and we shouldn't yeah. be fooled like it's not that these two runners are massively overpriced like yeah. the O'Briens do deserve to be at the top of market that that being <laughs> said Silver Knot beat Epicetus mm. Epicetus close form ties was second in the Verton fraternity uh, behind August Redan so Silver Knot's got that form I think at an even bigger price Dubai Mile uh, is quite interesting, was second in the Royal Lodge behind the Foxes, who came second in that Craven, potentially could have won it. Um, And the time before that, Dubai Mile beat Flying Honours, who won the the Zetland Stakes at the end of the season. So I I had heard a positive piece from Charlie Johnson, who was saying that, um, you know, he's happy to have runners in these big races. and, Mm -hmm. And maybe that one's been slightly overlooked when you've got the likes of Sakir at eights, yeah. Um, you know, these these ones who have run consistently and run consistently well as two year olds, I think you can definitely sneak one in to the places at a big price in two thousand guineas and um for as much as I love August Rodan, I I do think Silver Knot and Dubai Mark fuck I literally tipped the whole field, but Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> it's it's a really difficult race. And uh I you know, I did like August Rodan at threes different proposition at uh, 13 to 8 yeah i mean for for, for those interested I, I definitely recommend going back and listening to our flat preview and the reasons as to why we like august rodan i won't get into it now um but we made a pretty strong case for him in that podcast um i think just interestingly on the two good Olfin runners obviously you mentioned they got the one two last year um, it, it's it's notable that that um, William Buick chooses to ride Silver Knot in this as opposed to Noble Star, who probably has the the more exciting profile. Um, I mean, obviously he wasn't seen um, after after winning the Jim Crack, was it? Um, but uh, he is unbeaten, obviously, um, and definitely exciting though maybe better over sprint distances it's hard to know at the moment um i wonder if in the back of will buick's mind he's just thinking because silver not won the autumn stakes which was the same race that caribus won yeah um before going on to win the 2000 guineas i wonder if he sort of has that in the back of his mind thinking yeah i don't want to get it wrong again um which may be why he's going for silver not so wouldn't rule out noble style um just just for the sake of our of our listeners what do you like why do you not think little big bear i mean we i mean i was massively keen on him last year like he was my he was my ride or die horse and it did very well for me i i I actually do think that he's getting to a backable price now 11 to 2 is 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 pretty juicy for a horse that destroyed the field in the phoenix stakes you know beating the likes of uh brad sell who we saw today at uh, at Ascot who came second like proper proper horses um is rated a few pounds superior to August Rodan as well and um although a lot of critics saying that Little Big Bear won't stay um there is nothing in the pedigree to suggest that given the the breeding on the on the dam side has stamina in it there's lots of arc form in there so 
Um, I I think maybe maybe we overplayed it a bit too much with that ten sovereigns Magna Grecia like likeliness that we that we were going through in our preview. I don't know. We'll find out on Saturday. I'm still I'm still yeah. with August Rodan overall. Um, yeah. You can't forget that Ten Sovereigns is also by No Name Ever, who's the stallion to yeah. to Little Big Bear. No, um, and Ten Sovereigns was a good sprinter, right? Yeah, so. there's there's a lot of similarities. Um, I think then both of us August Rodan uh, at three to one. Let's just remember that. Yeah, and um, <laughs> for me, Silver Knot and Dubai Mile to to get in the places. Yeah, I want to be clear at this point. Indestructible is is my tip. Um, but yeah, take it each way. Take him each way. Great. That is the Saturday. We'll we'll be putting our wallets back in our pockets after that and enjoying the festivities at Newmarket. We'll wake up on Sunday potentially with slightly sore heads. <laughs> do you do you uh, want my story now? <laughs> yeah, go yeah. for it. Story time. So <laughs> no, it just it just reminded me um, a few years ago. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but um, we had had a sort of characteristically big night on the on the Saturday after the Guineas, um, as is tradition these days, to you know go to Greg James and then have a bit of a dance and stay up very late. Um, I remember we must have gone to bed in the in the pretty early hours, <laughs> and we'd had um, lunch booked with my um, oh, <laughs> with my grandparents the next day, <laughs> and <laughs> unfortunately, we we woke up uh, our alarm obviously missed both of our alarms um, and woke up a bit late. Uh, Is that the jockey club rooms as well? Yeah, so it was a very nice, very smart lunch, um, and we turn up like genuinely like an hour and a half late to this lunch with my grandparents stinking a bit and like their friends as well like it was it was a very nice invite. i thought we were pretty charming though yeah no i believe <laughs> they did find it quite funny in the end but i quite. was like oh god this is so embarrassing and and yeah as trish says we, we walked in there just stinking of alcohol from the night before um so we've got a few dodgy looks from some of the patrons in the in the jockey club rooms but um yeah you can get it wrong on a on a saturday night in newmarket if you yeah try. i'm not sure i'm going to be turning up to the races on the sunday i think i'm more likely to be watching it on the sofa with a uh, hot water bottle and a cold towel on my head um but let's cover the racing anyway luckily we're feeling fresh right now the gordon richards stakes is the first one we're going to cover which is rescheduled from its um it's running at, at sandown which wasn't able to happen because of uh, dodgy ground um at the moment adar is a strong favorite here um Current prices about the evens. Mark, uh, Anne Mart, West Wind Blows, Francesca Clemente, Highland Avenue, and Migration, uh, and Regal Reality, sorry, fill the field. Mm. Fascinating encounter. Great to see Adar back on the track. Um, an interesting, unbeaten mm. one of the Gosdens in here. Um, how do you see this, this, this one going? Do you think it's... Um, it's going to make any any difference that it's not at Sandown. How how does that affect this race? Well, well, yeah. I mean, it will make a difference, of course. Um, you know, a, a change of course tends to do that. But I don't have a, a strong opinion on this race, to be honest. Um, I think Adiar is like by far the fo- the form horse in this in this race. Though actually, he's only rated three pounds higher than Amart. Um, 
but but for this race i might be giving um adiar five pounds so i think adiar should win this on reappearance but at evens I'm, I'm i'm less interested and i'll be looking elsewhere francesca clemente is interesting um a horse who has won at the course before and over the distance as well and as you say is unbeaten though admittedly in in lesser races i mean john gosden's always um you know he's known for doing well with these older horses and it's interesting how this one's been campaigned so far um he, yeah he never ran as a two-year-old so um yeah i mean look mate i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it but do you have anything to to add i don't know i think francesco clemente is definitely going to be on the up I, I the taking thing when i was looking through it was that adar returned after almost a year off last year yeah, yeah. and managed to put up a performance rated by the racing post one two three mm. which you know should be easily good enough especially getting weight from some of those horses yeah. um francesco clemente is interesting and look the gosdens have had a, a number of um unraced winners from the from the younger ranks come out already this season there's nothing to say that this one one can't win um adiar is one of the top horses in training and they're trying to increase his stud value by as much as possible i'm sure picking up another group three will add a couple of pounds on that so yeah um you know i I think charlie appleby they were sad to miss the first half of the season last last year and i think they're going to make the most of it this year yeah and you know look adiar is a derby winner um i know there's a sort of supposed curse on derby winners these days but like he's he's definitely the quality horse in this field in my mind yeah it, it, I, when charlie apple was asked earlier in the season the one horse he was excited for this season it was adar and he said that very quickly so uh you know i think we can be excited about this one hopefully he gets back to winning ways on saturday will buick's the king of the rolling miles so um you know i'm sure we're going to see a good performance there the dahlia stakes is the next one that we're going to be covering on the Sunday, Group Two, Andre Farb sends a couple. He's won it a couple of times before. With the Moonlight's currently the favourite for Charlie Appleby. Life in Motion is uh, one of the Andre Farb runners, also at the top. Prosperous Voyage four to one was second in the one thousand guineas last year. Al Hassan for Roger Varian at sevens. Via Sestina, George Bowie eights above the curve tens. Shara is 12s, Astral both 14s. Uh, let's leave it there for now. Really good race this, mm. quite competitive, but also, uh, you know, some really very different form lines coming. You've got French form, you've got Saratoga form from the Appleby one at the top. And then, you know, that top class 1000 guineas form from Prosperous Voyage mm. on the track. Mm. Uh, mm. Which do you think is stronger? Who's going who's gonna to win? Yeah, I mean, it makes it all the more difficult to judge this race. Um, as you say, with the moonlight, uh, is a bit of a globetrotter. It barely been seen or hasn't been seen in this country since uh, since the Oaks when finishing, you know, quite far down the field. Um, she's obviously interesting on her on her um, international form, but whether that quite translates to back here i'm not so certain uh, and i'd be willing to to leave it based on that unknown um life in motion again like i'm no judge on on the french form and there's not many english lines within that to to sort of give give a good comparison so 
um I, i'd probably leave her as well though though taking that Farb has won this race a couple of times uh, a french trainer winning an english race on a couple of occasions you've always got to take note prosperous voyage i think has the best form here um her second in the in the 1000 guineas behind cachet last year was a good run and she she ran in behind inspiral twice and beat her once as well didn't she yeah um at, i think on the july i course. think you know the firmer the ground for prosperous voyage the better but i do think she'll she'll appreciate that step up and trip yeah um i i actually landed on one where I, who i don't think necessarily has the class of the top let's say three in the market but um she she's got an improving profile and i think was quite a shrewd little um pickup from from george bowie and that's via sestina um so she has since moving to to the bowie yard she's run two very good races she placed once uh in the next second uh in a group three actually at the roly mile and then uh went out to france and won a group three in toulouse um that, that seems like some great placing from from george bowie there to go get her to win a, a group three out in, out Didn't in know france. They racing in toulouse like, literally um and so yeah i think i think it's just a bit of a shrewd pickup from from this team um he's a shrewd guy george he, he's definitely clever yeah. you know he's um he's got a good recruit here um her form on the roly mile including that that next second in a group three she's also won at the course as well so so that's a plus for her um I don't think Spence is a negative here. I take your point in sort of the sprints, but I think actually he could run into canny, a canny race here. Um, yeah, she may benefit from rain. You know, she's she's the opposite of prosperous voyage. Um, she may want a bit of cut in the ground, but other than that, I think at, at eight to one, she's she may be quite a decent bet. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it seems like a wide open race. This yeah, uh, prosperous voyage was definitely the one that I fancied i was on her last year and the 1000 guineas just denied at 33 to 1 which was pretty tough um i think she loves the track and you know i think she's got the best chance out of those market principles really i think she's going to love the extra furlong she always seems to stay on up that hill very strongly um it's difficult i don't love horses when i have frankie on them anymore which is a shame because you know Ouch. i love him as a i love him as a jockey but i don't get that 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 kind of buzz i do when you know you see a ryan moore uh, or an Ashin murphy or a will buick uh, on there but i hope mm. frankie can prove me wrong on sunday he's gonna have an incredible farewell year uh this weekend in particular with his special affiliation you know in his home hometown at newmarket so um yeah, the, the Dahlia Stakes interesting, Prosperous Voyage for me. Uh, let's move on then to the final race that we're covering this weekend, the 1,000 guineas, where we are graced with the presence of Tahira, who was standout in her two runs last season. She absolutely destroyed Meditate and some other really good fillies in her second run. Uh, it was unknown whether she was going to turn up here for a while. Mm. Looked like she was going to go for the Irish Guineas, which is Dermot Wells' tried and tested route. But looks like she's ready because she's coming over. Uh, Dermot Wells only ever trained two winners from 22 runners at Newmarket, which is an interesting fact. Um, 
Meditate is slightly behind her in the market. Tahira currently five to two. Meditate nine to two. Mama's Girl sixes. Remarky won the Fred Darling at sevens. Dream of Love eights. Lazoo sixteens alongside Morge. Stenton Glider twenty fives. Naomi Lapaglia thirty threes alongside Never Ending Story, uh, who's who's interesting, but I think probably not going to run. Power Dress thirty threes. We'll leave the market there. Mm. It seems to be all about Tahira, definitely in the media this week. Is it all about Tahira for you? I don't know. I I really respect her. And I think like watching that Moigler run back, the way she just traveled all over Meditate. And Ryan looked so confident on Meditate as well, which is what was so cool about that race. Um... I mean that makes her look very impressive, and I know you 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 rolled out the stat there about Dermot World's record at Newmarket, which is which is definitely fair enough, um, and fair enough to highlight for our listeners. But I doubt he's gone um, to Newmarket with many more exciting, yeah. at least than this one. She she looks yeah. a real real talent and very exciting. Like it's it's weird. Like five to two, she should be shorter, shouldn't she? Well, this is it, mate. If you compare this market. To the two thousand guineas market, yeah, you've got to hear it five to two, meditate at nine to two. In the other, it's August Red on thirteen to eight compared to Little Big Bears eleven to two. Mm-hmm. They've never run against each other, yeah, yeah. But there's a bigger discrepancy, discrepancy. between them. Yeah. I mean, they those the O'Brien boys, they must be seriously bullish on August Rodan for, for him to take that much money. Yeah, it's um, a, it's a good point, and like to hear is smashed up. Uh, meditate mate I, I, I agree i agree and i'm really actually quite surprised to see her at, at five to two for that reason alone i'd almost just say back her because I, I think it is definitely a backable price and she's she's that good she's beaten the o'brien likely best runner in this race um in fact probably likely the only runner in this uh in this yeah. field for him um so yeah I, I i do like her i definitely like her um, I'm probably going to leave the, the backing head to Will Hurd. He'll put enough money on for the both of us. So. Poor, poor granny on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How do you want to do this? Because I actually like the one that you uh, tipped up in our preview. Yeah, she's my horse to follow. I th- I mean, I love Morge. Mm. I, I thought she was more of a 12 shot, but she's back out at 16s now. She's done nothing wrong this year. Stepped up to the mile. I think a, a lot of like a lot of the judges are making quite a lot of her reappearance run at Maidan, where like Dream Dream of Love mm. finished seriously well, but that was on soft ground. Like Dream of Love came from nowhere to finish second, but Morge, you know, ground them all into the ground. And you like, I want that style of running at Newmarket. You want to be up at the front, and um, you know, Morge came out then on better ground and won by eight lengths. Mm. against um i think it was fairy cross who came was, and, and yeah. went second in the nail Gwyn. so yeah i think that form's rock solid and but, um, and then you look back at her two-year-old form and it's just as good right like she's she's run against lazoo beaten lazoo she's run close with meditate uh at royal ascot um she has yeah i mean look she, she's been there or thereabouts with the big big contenders in this yeah um I really like her profile and it's a general 14 to one shot for this race. And Ashim Murphy, I think is probably the best jockey out there as well. Um, you know, aside from maybe Will Buick on the, 
on the Roly Mile. Yeah. Well, Ashin Murphy is, is top quality. Oh, he's so good, mate. And, and yeah, and, and then this one also has proven to like the Roly Mile as well. She, she's won uh, at the course before and then third in the Cheveley Park uh, on her last run in the yeah. UK last year. Um, I've been backing her. I was backing her 25 <laughs> a few weeks ago. 60. I thought she'd be a bit shorter, to be honest, than, than she is. So I'm pretty happy to see to see this price available. I'll be tipping her up to all my friends. And uh, yeah, obviously Tahira is going to be big. I'll, I'll probably also have some money on her just um, just because she's the price she is at the moment. I yeah. think five to two is big. Um, but yeah, I mean, Morge is, is equally exciting. Maybe not quite as much so, more exposed as well with the two runs this more year. Exposed, but yeah. to be honest, I think that's a bit of a strength. You know, you know what you're going to get. 100%. She's been taking over. She ran over a mile, won over a mile. Very impressively, as you said. That was the Jamira Guineas over in, over in Maidan. So she's already won eight Guineas, even if it wasn't yeah. <laughs> a very big one. Um, yeah, mate. I, I think I think she's got a strong profile. I like her for this. I think you're probably getting a bit of extra juice in the price because of the sort of Saeed Bin Soror as opposed to Charlie Appleby factor yeah. as well. Um, he's maybe a less popular trainer. Um so yeah, very nice. But I also do agree you're stealing a price at five to two with Tahira. So yeah, I'd be I'd be happy to back both of those. The one other I did like at a big big price, uh, well I say big big like thirty three to one. Um, I thought Power Dress was really interesting. I mean, she's probably not got the experience to go win a Guineas, but her reappearance run um, on only her second start uh, in her career having uh, only run once as a two-year-old uh, was a good third in in a race at Newmarket and behind Majestic Pride and Holguin, who are both pretty good horses. She finished off her race really well, and I think she was the one probably to take out of that race. Um, I don't think she's going to win a Guineas, as I say, but um, she may be one just to watch, see how she finishes. Yeah. Um, Similar-ish to Bilston Brook for the same trainer um good point yeah who won at 66 to 1 to be fair bills and brick had, had a bit more experience but you know those big price winners yeah um, yeah they yeah. do spring a surprise it in the happen. in the the 1000 guineas in particular that is it our guineas preview is uh is over i'm seriously excited i only need to go to bed now for a little bit and uh oh god it's gonna be good Hopefully we'll see lots of our listeners Mate, at the track. If you do, come up and we'll buy you a, a beer. Yeah. If um, if Morge can win the one thousand guineas, which is on the Sunday, so we might not see you there. Um, <laughs> last uh, closing words. Mate, I just, like. There's not much to say really beyond what we've what we've already spoken about. It's a hugely exciting weekend. Um, I, I will have the most fun. I, I'm going to have this year, this weekend. I know it. I'm confident of that. Um, I just can't wait. I'd love to see August Rodan win. I'd love to see... Um, I don't know. I'd, I, I'd love to see Tahira win as well, to be fair, which is boring two favourites. But, like, look, let's just see what happens. I'm excited whatever happens. And, yeah, we hope to see some of you there. Yeah, if you're listening to this on the way to the races... We'll see you at the bar. That's all from us. Uh, it's a goodbye from me, Tris. And it's a goodbye from me, Charlie. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.